This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Kia ora te whanau no my honey my welcome back to another episode of Oh yeah Oh yeah welcome to our first ever Oyam Christmas special. Yeah. We've got the Christmas cake, we've got the roast lamb on the spit, and we've got honey glazed ham. We, here we most certainly do. We've pulled out all the stops for this episode. We went as far as to bring in a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. which we've got sitting in the back. It's a small one, but it's still there, and it's, and it's shining bright. It is. A shining star in this dark void of the world. That's right. As you know, last episode we discussed uh, how dreadful this world really is. We did. And how we have no hope. We're, we're switching the flip. We're switching the flip. We're switching the flip. <laughs> we're switching the switch. Wait, no, we're flipping the switch. <laughs> we're switching the switch. We're just switching it out. Yeah. We're switching the switch and then we're flipping that switch. Cool. And we're saying that there is hope. There is hope. And um, if you want to see all this bling, uh, go to our Instagram at All Young Podcast. We've got a green logo um, with black words. Oh, is it yellow? Is it yellow? yellow. It's, it's been changed to green and it's red in light of Christmas. Yes! <laughs> oh, we need to totally do that. I'm going to totally get that sorted. Even it has like... been done. Yeah. 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 It just hasn't loaded yet. Because mm. it, it just takes a little while. You know what I mean? Well, by the time this is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. On to it. Because we've already done it. Mm-hmm. That's right, we've already mm-hmm. done it. Epic. All Sorry, right. we're all just eating this ham, it's quite delicious. Mm. So we've got potato mm. salad, we've got pavlova coming soon with Christmas cake. That's right. Yeah, we've actually it's... got caters. We do. Yeah. We went all out. We um, did. We've got a private catering business and they've pulled out all the stops. Um, <clears throat> I'm really quite excited. We're just eating the entree now. Uh, I thought you just said before we're eating the lamb. No, no, we were talking about that's coming up. Oh! <laughs> I was going to say, because we're not eating the lamb. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And you did actually say the ham, so it was little bits of ham. Yeah. Ham on trays before the big ham. So it was like packet ham. <laughs> well, it no, it's packet Christmas ham. packet ham. It's Christmas packet ham. <laughs> anyway. I feel like this is like one of those like Top Gear episodes of like a Christmas special where they've just got like awful food laying out. <laughs> this food is fine. Look how much there is of it, it as well. Smells. We can't complain. It does smell a little bit. Sorry th- about that. It's the Brussels sprouts. Yes, we've got Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's eating them though. And we've got charred grilled asparagus wrapped in bacon. 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 What about bacon? British bacon. Wax off. No. Anyway, what are we discussing today, So before today, we do we? begin discuss it, talking about what we're going to be discussing today, mm. I believe we have gifts. Oh, we do. We do, right. don't we? Yes. yes. We wanted to take all of our listeners along on this journey. As, um, <laughs> you just noticed all the glitter on Yeah, I just did. <laughs> The glitter from yeah, the decorations on the table. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, obviously, if you want to seal this, go to balance And vote on the poll. But we do have gifts. Gifts, yes, because as I was saying, we want to take you listeners on a journey. That's right. Through our year, our tenure as all young members. As you can hear, Case is displaying one of our gifts. <laughs> That's right, Charlie. Yeah. 
Message us who you think it's for and what you think it is. It's in a box and making that sound. Shall we? Let's see the Polar Express where he shakes the bell in the box and like. Does he? Oh, he shakes the bell. I, I just remember the, the chain, uh, the, the chain, the I train, the train, and it's like choo train. choo. No, no, the train on the ice was an epic scene. Oh, it gave me such anxiety as a kid. No, not anxiety. I was thrilled because they nearly died. But like, it was just exhilarating. Like, you know, you had like the engineers. Like, you had a bit too much Christmas wine, Charlie. Yes, I was a bit tipsy as a seven-year-old. Anyway, we're gonna save this gift. That is so loud. For last. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start with Kate. Now, Kate has a very big box in front of her, uh, as you can hear. And she... <laughs> Sounds mat- 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 mathematical. Shall we get you to unwrap your gift, Kate, that we got for you? Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Is that cool, though? Did we put yes. wrapping paper on that? Because it certainly didn't sound like wrapping paper came off that gift. Yeah, it did. Oh, We're putting it in the back now. Yeah. I just couldn't see it because I can't see Kate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm headed. Cheers. We have a monster. Sorry, listeners, if you hear some chewing, I'm just eating an asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, what did you get? Well, it was awesome. <laughs> there are enough words to describe it. How would you describe it, Kate? <laughs> How would I describe it? Well, what we decided now, everyone knows that Kate. Is our unpaid intent. Mm. But in light of Christmas, we have just given her in a framed, uh, frame, just been framed, a piece of paper officially welcoming her as a member of this podcast, which is a really big deal. So, thank you. Congratulations. I'm oh. so honoured. Before we move on to the guests, welcome back, Kate. <laughs> oh, thank you. And a welcome back to you as well, Charlie. Thank you. missed an episode. Thank you. And you. That's right. Welcome back, Samantha. Right. Unfortunately, your reputation of not missing an episode, unfortunately, <laughs> is not as good as Pacer's or mine. And welcome back, of course, to our intern, Kate. Who's no longer an intern. Uh, unfortunately, Jack's not with us. <laughs> He's been demoted to intern. He has been demoted <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, Case. <clears throat> no. Sorry, I forgot the order. We, we, we pre-did the order. Of yeah, different. we did. We're going to go um, clockwise. Uh, 104.7 FM, 1431 <laughs> AM, of course. Nearly forgot to do that. And, of course, Google, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts all have our episodes on there. Uh, three to fours on Thursdays for those radio frequencies that I just mentioned. Samantha! Let's have you open your gift. This one was a tough one. It was. We spent quite a while. Why is there relish on my pavlova? Somebody slipped on there. Do I have any napkins? Oh my lord! Look at this! Isn't it neat? It is! The framed photograph of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. No way! Just what you wanted! It is! Yeah. Santa. Deliver that one to us personally. It's because I'm the token Brit. She, really appreciating my That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. I appreciate and it. You'll notice if you actually look. Mm. Just take, open the frame. Right, and now mm. take the photo off. Mm-hmm. And there's a tablet there. Right. No. And can you see? Now turn the tablet around. It's a live stream of of the of the house where the queen lives. Wow. Oh, wow. 
Oh you my goodness. I'm sure the Queen would agree to have a live streaming of all the bits and bobs going on. Of course she would. Just for sense. I'm like, a, I'm like an ambassador, so I've got a one-on-one conversation with her. That's my sense. So you'll have her with you all your oh, life. Oh, thank you. While you're here in New Zealand. I appreciate that. Just so you don't feel so alone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the Christmas spirit. Guys. Case. No, is it my turn? Yeah, it is. Okay, mm. I'm, I'm excited. You guys said that this is rather expensive. Mm. This is it? Always. Okay, okay. It's in a box. Mm. Excuse me. <laughs> I just had some sparkling grape juice. It's too excited. Oh. What a reaction. Guys, you don't have to get me this. It's really nice. You're welcome. If you're wondering what they got me, listeners at home, then you should go to our Instagram and vote on our poll to say whether or not you want this to be live-streamed. But what they did get me was a ring. And we're marrying you. Oh, you're marrying me. Yeah, marrying you off. <laughs> we needed extra cash. We have an arranged marriage waiting for you outside, Case. Wow, guys, you really didn't have to do that. We're now seeing insight into medieval princesses right now and the life they lead. <laughs> and then we're going to play uh, medieval versions of popular songs. We are. May I please have the... This is now... So now we have Charlie's gift. No, 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 no that hand sanitizer. Oh, because right. though we're having a Christmas feast, we still like to bear in mind COVID-19 is a massive crisis. Mm-hmm. We absolutely do. Also, updates on Marty Wards. Oh, yes? No, there's no updates. <laughs> oh. I'm just going over the top hits. Oh, COVID right. and Marty Wards. Mm. That's all you have to That's quite funny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to Charlie's gift? Shall we move on to... Now, we actually... Well, we'll say it afterwards, because there's quite a big story that went into us. So as many of you know, Charlie has been the driving force behind this podcast. <laughs> He's been vomiting out content for you all. So we went... Extra mile. You went the extra mile. We went the extra mile. We spent big. Spent big dollars. We actually... It was quite funny. We won this on a lot of tickets. Mm. There's a little scrap. Well, so sounds it, interesting. It does, doesn't it, Charlie? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking his time. He's being very careful. I like to save the wrapping paper because I'm an eco-friendly guy. Oh, oh glad to hear. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> save it for the bin, I guess. Eco-friendly. <laughs> wow. Khakis, guys? Yeah. Yep. Yep. What? So we... Oh, you get all the puns now, the driving force, the yeah. extra mile. That's right. Yeah. We got you a new car. A Ferrari? Yeah. No <laughs> way! <laughs> we know it's not all your style, but it's what we won, because you know that whole Macca's thing? It's even in your favourite colour. Yellow. Mm. I thought you were going to say brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's well, a... guys... I appreciate that. That's really kind of you. I'm now going to go put that on a used market and get all the cash. <laughs> but I appreciate the thought. But I... You know what? I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to donate this. Oh. I'll donate oh. it to... So humble. The Salvation Army. 
Oh, oh no. actually, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good segue. Yeah. yeah. That actually, that's a very good thing that we could talk about. Mm. So, guys, PSA: the Salvation Army sucks. We recently discussed it. We did. It's quite shocking, actually. Um, Shall I get all yeah. the info up? Um. Obviously, for those of you who don't know, the Sallies. The Sallies. Which is literally, I would be surprised if you don't know what the Salvation Army is. So would I. It's so, mm. so renowned. Because it is so popular, and it's so well known for doing those sort of charitable services. But actually, um, reports and claims made by individuals who have been through those services um, state that actually, in fact, the Salvation Army mm. is not looking out for the best interests of their, um, what the organisation says that they do, and instead are profiting individually off the backs of donations for intended for people that are struggling. Mm. Um, and instead taking one of the claims was, was um, when people donated stuff that Salvation Army people or yeah, yeah. involved from higher, higher ups, people that were usually paid in that organisation, actually took first pick a lot of that um, valuable stuff. And like things like bikes and stuff, mm-hmm. they could be resold for like 300 or so dollars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, quite, quite valuable assets. Um, especially when there's intended to go to a home that doesn't necessarily... I actually... Yeah, I know that for... Uh, right, for just cut me off. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, we well, now that. she's been upgraded from intern. <laughs> yeah, she's speaking up. No, you can continue. No, no, you can continue now. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I knew this person who worked for the Salvation Army in an op shop. And anything that came in, the workers got first choice to... What? <laughs> I was just saying we should make it dark. Oh, okay. Oh, right. It's just this light is quite terrible. Sorry, carry on. Oh. <laughs> this is like proper radio now. Yeah, now all the Christmas yeah. lights really look nice. They, they do. do. <laughs> That's why we did it. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that all the workers... <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> anyway, what are you saying, Kate? Sorry, the we the workers that work for the Salvation Army do get first picks of whatever comes in, which I don't think is very fair. When they're getting brand new stuff for free, when they are working, and um, people who actually need this stuff that is good quality, like you'll see good quality bedding go to someone who works there who's like, oh, I think that looks good, I'll put that aside for myself. And they'll take it home rather than it actually going to someone who could use mm. it. And then the person who actually needs it will get something like a, a, a stained blanket. A like a rag. And I have seen that happen because one time I was in a in the Salvation Army op shop and I saw this um, this family, they were getting secondhand socks and they were all dirty and gross and they were so overpriced. But they paid for these socks and they were getting these really awful socks when they could have yeah, been well, getting a lot better quality stuff. Absolutely. When you donate to the Salvation Army, uh, usually you, you think, think what's going to happen is someone. what you give to them is going to go... To the people who need it, you know, people who can't afford to get gifts, who are struggling, and like, especially during Christmas time, it's like, you know, typically you would assume, and it's advertised as, those gifts go to those people in the shelters and stuff like that, so that their Christmas day maybe comes a bit better and they can enjoy it a bit more. 100%. But in reality what happens is that, as Kate says, no, all that stuff goes to a warehouse, 
and then and workers and higher ups go take what they want, take the first picks, and then the leftovers are <laughs> out to those. And shelters. often those leftovers, I believe, should not actually be. They should be Sorry, in the rubber. Sorry, you keep saying leftovers. I, I keep thinking of roast dinner. So do I. <laughs> I'm like, man, I want to make a lamb sandwich right yeah. now. Well, <laughs> the leftover, the oh, leftover yeah. goods that have been mm. donated should actually a lot of them should actually go in the bin because they're stained with god knows what and they're often broken and they're not good quality i don't know about you but if you've ever some, been around yeah. these salvation options you know there's a lot of junk that needs some, to be but thrown some out. of them are okay mm-hmm. well the thing is there's a difference between what's donated with the purpose of it going to a shelter uh, and then sold. a difference between what's donated and then them selling it in an op shop. But even area. the shelters are not up to a no, Yeah, I have up here standards. a tweet from one such person, which I'll read out for the listeners and for us as a reminder. So, uh, this person tweets, Hey, as a homeless person staying at, staying at a Salvation Army shelter, please don't dan- donate to the so- Salvation Army. My gosh, I can't speak. Don't donate your money. Don't donate your time. Don't donate your toiletries, blankets, or food. Do not support this organization. Yeah. So that's the idea. You can donate literally. Yeah. So basically, there's a difference between what's donated and goes onto like the shop where you might buy it, and then then they they use that money as a non-profit to go and whack back into other stuff, uh, typically. or there's stuff that's donated that goes to the shelters. Apparently. Apparently. It all gets sorted out, but that's... Uh, yeah, so she can, this person continues saying, uh, the shelter I'm staying at is one specifically meant for housing vulnerable women, but there is precious little help here. There's no aid or comfort. The RAs are cruel and robotic and often treat us like we're less than human. I often hear them speaking negatively of the woman here. We're looked down on condescended to, and when one of us attempts to stand up for our dignity, we're thrown out onto the streets with a smile. And the most absolutely most sing-song tune, bye, you can come back in 30 days. Um, she continues some more. I've seen domestic violence survivors thrown out into the dark, wailing and screaming and sobbing because they dared to get a little mouthy. They literally put up signs threatening women here with prosecution if they took too much toilet paper. They frequently throw women with mental illnesses out of here if they have any sort of symptoms, especially verbal tics. So, um, <clears throat> just unpacking that, so this is from someone who's staying at the shelter. This is an area that's supposed to be for women who have nowhere else to go, who have struggled in life, and then the people there are just... I have issues with those claims. Obviously because the claims are terrible if they are true. My issue with the claims are is that there's nothing to back it up. Not to say that the person's mm. lying, but usually a news media source would grab hold of something like that. You know, big scandal! Mm. Salvation Army are actually terrible. You know, and they're not doing their jobs, which everyone thinks they're doing. Because the Salvation Army actually earns a huge amount of money yeah, from donations um, in order to help people that are vulnerable, both homeless and uh, you know domestic violence victims. But the fact that there's no... You know, they are, they're quite a prominent organisation, but the fact that there's no media coverage beyond, what was it, Reddit or Twitter or That's social media. There's so either there's two, there's two potential reasons there. Either something's going on with the media or the claims are exaggerated. Here's what I and think. I don't think the claims are exaggerated. I think, here's what I think. I think, so there's three things. A, I think the Salvation Army is very, very good at controlling their image. And they go out of their way mm. to control their image because that means that v- people don't know or even think about these stuff. 
Secondly, to that point, there are like thousands of claims, and in this feed here, there's like hundreds of people like replying saying I've seen the same thing. There are people who have worked there saying the same stuff. So there's people who know this, um, but it just doesn't get shared. There's also the fact that in New Zealand, uh, there was a similar, there was a story that got onto the media, and that was about the Salvation Army. Um, and it got media coverage, but then obviously with time it's just passed and they didn't really... <clears throat> I'm sure they swapped a few people out. But what, they, what the Salvation Army did is basically they required you to convert to Christianity in order to get any food or anything like that if you're staying in shelters. And that was covered by the media in New Zealand. And yet almost no one would have heard about it. So what, why, why do we not have a bigger outreach? I have a theory. I think that... There's not many places that do offer shelter other than Salvation Army. And if they do, they're normally small and they can't offer the large-scale help that this big um, company seems to mm. show that they have. It's sort of like a peacock. It's like, look at all our stuff. We have things everywhere. We have places everywhere for you to go. Whereas not many other organisations have that much force behind them. So I think there's not enough competition for them to be questioned or held accountable because they're doing a good thing on the outside. It doesn't matter how good they're doing it to, it's the fact that they're at least trying where people are like, okay, we'll just let that slide. You know, they probably deserved it. Because there's also a lot of hate towards people like that in, our, in New Zealand anyway, so... I would have to disagree. I think there are a lot of different programs. There's things like Women's Refuge, mm. which has uh, three things. They have three areas... Uh, specifically, they just have three things. No, they <laughs> they have three like um, safe houses, yeah, yeah. or you know whatever they're called, and just Hastings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Hastings and Napier, and there's also the fact that um, there's areas in hotels and stuff like that. So there are other options. Personally, I think that um, the Salvation Army is just very, very good at controlling their image. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, think that's more. The, I've looked up. Salvation Army controversy mm. and there was nothing about what you this tweet has mm. described it's all about um, they've released a let's talk about racism guide and there's some stuff about anti-LGBTQ controversies but nothing about treatment of people mm. or how it's mm. run yeah. that worries me yeah. because it is in the best nature of our media services uh, in order to showcase to the public that there are some serious issues with the Salvation Army because the Salvation Army as an organisation relies on the fact that people donate to it. The minute you cut that tap, the Salvation Army is in a lot of trouble, mm. and then it might, you know, go about restructuring its image or whatever. But it, you know, it will have a damaged reputation. So I think, personally, my opinion on why they've they haven't gained as much controversy as probably they should have especially with these claims being so detailed as well and so personal and so terrible. And a lot of voice true. to back and them up. And a lot up. of voice and a lot of you know, evidence to back that up. Um, as I think that, taking a bit of both of what you're saying here, the Salvation Army, I think, is very good at controlling its image. But also the fact that the Salvation Army has almost become its own bit of the Kiwi culture. Right. It's, almost, oh, it's, yeah. it's embedded itself in Kiwi culture. Oh, no, we'll just go, you know, we'll take it to the Sallies and we'll do some good. Yeah. You know, people see the Salvation Army 
as this sort of these people that are do-gooders, yeah. and that you're contributing to that do-gooding by going and you know giving your old sweaty mattress. <laughs> it's a lot of making yourself feel better instead of putting mm. something in the rubbish. You're like, oh yeah, let's make someone. Well, yeah, that's what it is. It's just essentially a second It's making yourself feel feel better about what's happening in the world. Yeah, uh, it is, but that that's. Uh, and I agree. That's I think only that's a small the whole part of it, though. Is that they've made it? They've made themselves the go-to place for donations and stuff like that, which means people do. They don't. Essentially, if we look at it from an economist's point of view, they've taken up a lot of the market share. Mm. So, whereas things like women's refuge, well, they only really cater for domestic violence victims. Yeah. The Sallies or the Salvation Army cater for everything. You know, homelessness. Um, uh, donations with like bedding and food, and they do they food can, banks, and they, they do they do domestic they violence. Have they have everything. a huge network backed up by a church. Yeah, they have um, they have uh, disaster relief thing. They have a lot of different stuff. Um, but I mean, in New Zealand, the controversy, as I was saying before, was as you're saying, backed up by a church. Was yet I don't remember the year, but it was covered. And then it just was seemingly forgotten. Where they literally, if you didn't convert or like you know say prayers and stuff like that, you were kicked out and you weren't given food if you were at a shelter. I'm glad we brought up the issue of religion in terms of this, um, because a lot of the thing about mental illness was referenced in that claim about Mm. how that women with things like ticks and things like that um, would be thrown out on the street with mental illnesses and stuff like that if they weren't seen with that. Do, Do we think that speaks to a lot of prejudices amongst? Not everyone, but some in religious communities that may be a part of the Salvation Army Church and influencing Salvation Army policy around what people with mental illnesses are to them in terms of Christianity. Because I think a lot of the mental illnesses, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't done a lot of Christian study, Christianity study, but um, in ter- like a, a lot, some Christians view people with mental illnesses as like to do with, I don't know, isn't it like a bad I, thing, like a bad I, omen or something? I've never encountered that. I don't know. Because what happened? Like, 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 with the Salvation Army or something, I don't know if out, that's relative. Kicking uh, out people who have disabilities, I don't think that that's because they're Christian. I think that's because they are greedy capitalists and yeah, don't I care. I think that's the element that's coming into play. So why kick out people with mental illness? Can't be bothered to deal with the thing. Yeah, mental much. illness. A lot of them are very difficult to deal with. They take a lot of time. They take a lot of healing time they can often hurt others around them and it's hard especially with like addiction and it's a lot of resources and effort to put into one person alone and that's too much for them they don't want to bother with all that time and money and effort for something not to be guaranteed because you can go to a doctor and go to therapy and go to a a counsellor whatever you go to to help with that for months and then nothing could change but then again that's not the point of what they're doing they're not there to counsel them they're there to keep them safe but it's too much effort because I that's disagree with that. I think, I think uh, it, there is a lot of effort with people with mental illness. Oh, yeah, but that's... But there's, there's a lot of effort with any domestic violence victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of them, um, 
unfortunately, you know, have issues with like neglect and things like that, which is why they've ended up in those situations in the first place. And it's you know often with those who have taken a while to leave domestic violent victims, often it's got things to do with like neglect and attachment and things like that. And that's all you know to do with how they've been raised and so on. There's a lot of different factors, but that can be very very difficult for um you know apparent well. It can be difficult for people that are working in um, domestic violence shelters and things like that to manage people that w- oh, are wanting to go back. You know, they, 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 they've made the decision to leave and, you know, they find refuge and then suddenly they want to go back. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them do do that. And that can they be do. very difficult because if we're going to apply the same thing about wasting resources and all that, well, if someone leaves a shelter and you've poured resources in them to, you know, shelter them from their people and move them on with their lives, well, that would be also viewed as wasted resources. So I'm not entirely sold on that argument either. Here's the thing. I have to agree with Samantha here because I think where the issue lies with this whole situation is the the Salvation Army with shelters, their purpose is to provide a shelter. They don't... They don't have the expertise because cause the people working there are volunteers, yeah. uh, and nowhere do they outwardly say that they're there to provide therapy or anything like that. But the issue is, the people who need shelters do need are also help. typically uh, in many situations they need things like ther- therapists, especially when it comes to like you know well, people who are in a in, domestic in violence sense, situation. And if stuff you've like that. gone to a shelter, you've probably been kicked out of somewhere, and that's caused trauma. So I would say probably most of these people do need some sort of mental support there. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, everyone needs mental support yeah, in one form or another. But that's the thing. The people working there are volunteers. and They're not professionals. Over but there's the problem. Uh, and the resources they have. Um, a, um, imagine you're someone at the... You're just a volunteer, and there are stories of people like this who just want to help and see, be of help in the Salvation Army. You go there, you already don't have many resources because... If what's getting donated, you know, if these stories are true and stuff like that, um, and all the controversies are true, it's like, things are getting donated, half of it's cut and taken away before it comes to spreading it out, and then it's spread out to all the different places that need it. And there's a lot of different areas that Salvation Army A covers. And there'd be a lot of areas. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like the plot of that horror film, The Platform. Where it starts at the top and everyone takes as much as they, more than they need, and then it reaches down to the bottom and there's no food for the people at the bottom. Mm. It's like a real life yeah. version of that, which Pretty is much. horrific. I mean, like that's the issue with our current um, health system in New Zealand. This is just the, the, this kind of issue it's can be the seen anywhere. It's basically like people at the t- it's, the issue is people at the top take more than what they need and take what they shouldn't be taking. Uh, and then as it trickles down, it just gets less and less, as you say. Right down economics. <laughs> oh, no, don't bring those in, please. Um, so oh. then what arises is that the people at the bottom, they're already stressed because they don't have enough resources. Now they're dealing with people who have things like ticks that are creating a negative atmosphere. And, you know, there are stories on here where people say, if you get a bit mouthy, you get kicked out. Because if you imagine that you're running a shelter and you already don't have enough room for everyone there, you don't have enough toilet paper, you don't have enough bedding, You're all of that's totally get taken away. Uh, if someone's acting no, up, then... No, that's crap. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, obviously... No, 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 I'm, meaning, I'm meaning the fact is that you, you cannot expect to house domestic abuse victims mm. and not expect them to get mouthy with the shit service that, that you're providing. I, I mean, I have to agree. 
But, and there's a level but, of responsibility but, and awareness that you should be taking on when you take on. Mm, but that it's not just domestic violence because that's the thing. There's there's all sorts. There are people who've just never had a home. They've lost their yeah. homes, things like that. So it's not just that. Yeah, no, but, the, but the claim here that we're referencing is mm. someone that is being sheltered is in a domestic, in that, yeah. you know, domestic mm. violence shelter, and the things that she's seen, which is quite interesting, because when she's saying that people are being kicked out for getting a bit mouthy over, you know, you know, taking more toilet paper than they've been assigned, it's probably because of that idea of be grateful for or being given for. Yeah, and maybe if you're like. In a good mindset? That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. So the people from the Salvation Army, a majority uh, oh, like, majority of them are Christians, they've been taught, be grateful what you're given So what for. we're saying is that the religion does have an influence. It oh, does. Well, I, I think undoubtedly it does. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they. I think what it is, is they haven't been... All, all they see they're doing is, oh, we're giving these people a chance... Oh, they're not grateful. We'll send them out. They haven't been educated here's, on the, no, here's the thing. No, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? No, I'm not saying so, that the company. I'm saying the people volunteering haven't uh, been given the education. I'm just reading something on that helping. now. So basically, so go. that's the issue. It's no, the here's the issue: is also as a volunteer, you're still, uh, you're still, you still have to listen to the management and stuff, right? And I'm reading through this here, and there are people saying because this is like. Uh, we, there's just a feed and it's a very long just different scene I don't, giving their shit and then in the comments there's more and more and there's a few people here saying that like management it's the management so people go in yeah. wanting to help and if it's someone who just wants to help they either get kicked out because they just say no we, we don't want your volu- we don't need you, you we don't need you volunteering yeah it's, it's not going to work or um, they kind of have to conform to the system and that puts them in a situation where they have See, that. I don't. I think that there's cases of volunteers being bad, but I reckon that this, this, if this a dirty story is, is true, I reckon most of it is from yeah. management. I think mm. it's a systematic issue. It's because, and, you know, it's because the Salvation Army has become a business, because, not a charity. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and that's exactly the point. Is I, I think the volunteers are doing the best that they can with the resources that they've got. Mm. And of course, there's going to be some cases. You know, they're volunteers; they're not getting paid for this stuff. You know, some of them do. They do do it out of the goodness of their hearts, and you know. Go then, because it's it's really stressful to be a volunteer and to have to um, manage a, such a large scale operation. And often you're not operation. given the right resources exactly. to deal with different situations, and you're just told to deal with it. You so, know? if it is a systematic issue, how do we make sure that these well, people are remaining all, accountable? Because it doesn't all, sound like there's accountability. We need the media. To, the media seems to be just turning a blind it. eye to this, and they need to be. I don't, I don't know if it's the media. I think that it might be Kiwi culture. Because, well, New Zealand is lacking to hold... Yeah, but no, I don't so believe in that. When is, when is a news opinion article person ever written an article or done an investigation, you know, has refused an investigation on the basis that, oh, well, it's going to go against Kiwi culture? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that as a whole... Society like, oh no no, it's the Salvation Army, whatever they're doing, it's fine. A lot of the time it takes So what are we saying? There's social well, norms. Okay, okay. can I can I Oh you What I'm saying is in New Zealand it takes for you to be directed uh, affected directly for movement to happen is what I've noticed recently. Especially with like environmental stuff. There was always a lot of talk and nothing's happened now it started affecting people directly and now there's move for climate change. Do you know what I mean? 
I'm not sure if I agree with that. I, 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 and I, and no, I understand where you're coming from is, in terms of yeah. not, you know, everyday people, but the yeah. media is not... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but they haven't but seen the media. The media is often driven by the people. Because no, it, no, they're not. They're they're not totally not driven by the people. But there's always that... Because that, the people don't want to hear anti-vaxxers going on about yeah. their perspective They're driven the by the story. Because there's, there's, they have, here's, can I say yeah. something? Okay, so what I think it is, uh, what I think, I'm trying to comprehend all the information from all this reading stuff. I think what it is... Intensive. Yeah, and I, I have read through it because I was quite interested. I went through it. What I think it is is because obviously the Salvation Army is in different places around the world, and there's like there's people here saying stuff like in Sweden there was a place where it was like really horrible and they really bad, and then these Sweet. people. Are, uh, the Swedes doing something bad. And then and then uh, there's people in here saying from like um, from Europe, different places in Europe. And there's stories from New Zealand. What I think it is is. It's not getting picked up by the media. I think generally the Salvation Army does a good job when they're in an area where uh, it's good volunteers, the management mm-hmm. isn't horrible, and they get enough resources, blah, blah, blah. I think there are places where Salvation is on. I think what it is is there's just also, in the background, other places where the Salvation Army is actually quite horrible. And that's because those places already had the volunteers. And it's, ha- it's already happened where it's kind of been in quotation marks, the best way I can say is like corrupted. And it's just, it's not the whole organisation, it's, it's just those specific areas, I think. So we're not and saying it's management now. I think it is management, it's a but local management. There's See, I disagree, I think it's no, national management. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, because, do you know how much I money think, the Salvation Army Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think the national management um, is designed in order for them to profit, despite it being a non-profit, right? So it's set up in that way, and when you're doing that, when you're doing that, it becomes very difficult to actually not become no, very a lot of the... bad. But it did become bad. So like, I, I, I think it's just specific areas that are kind of almost like in the background, and then it finally gets discovered. I think that, and that's why the media. No, no, no. I think element, that definitely. I think that definitely plays element because there are some areas we've got plenty of time. Um, we are. Oh, you got a dash. I do. Do you want a dash? Well, how long? Door dash. I'll hate to miss pudding, though, you know. No, how, how long have we got? We are at 37.20. It's another 13 minutes. With a chat. I'll say. Oh, I'll Lovely. Kate? I was going to say, I think a lot of the issues comes from the priority list. So, different areas are probably given more resources and more money, and they probably have better, more selection of volunteers. Say, places like Auckland, there's going to be a lot more people wanting to volunteer there than, say, some little town in the middle of nowhere where there's only a, barely a choice. No, I don't think that's that. the issue. It's not that. It's not the resources, because the resources can be good, they can be bad. It's the people who are there, because you get corruption in everything. And unfortunately, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the there's religious... more of a choice in somewhere like Auckland. No, no, no. no, 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 more no volunteers come from the church. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's the thing. So if yeah. you have like a church in a small town, every one of those members of the church is going to be, be built. It's going to be smaller. It's going to be a smaller yeah. facility. Mm. But it's going to have enough volunteers because they always build a church. There's also the fact that Salvation Army don't usually set up in small towns. Yeah, Yeah. and it doesn't matter (laughs) whether it's a big group or a small group. You get bad people everywhere. Unfortunately, within religious groups and things like that that try to help you always get those overly self-righteous people Mm. that take it in the wrong direction or just people who are corrupt who have a god complex things like that you there's it's a complete lottery and it doesn't matter about the resources that are provided it's about the people who are there running it and what they're going to take on people see i reckon 
it's almost like a pyramid. Mm. Where if you think about it, the managers of each of those regional branches and then the manager of the overall New Zealand branch, I reckon they've all got a dodge. And because the thing is, is that it is set up for profit. And profit means cutting corners. Mm -hmm. Now, cutting corners when you're delivering a non-profit service yeah. is not exactly what I call a good thing. The volunteers on the ground are only given the resources based on what Auckland, we're going to say the CEO, you know, the, the top people in the Salvation Army get, because all the money that they receive is not money that they get from their local communities and their local churches, because all that money goes up to Auckland. It's yeah. all, and all gets it's distributed, distributed from there. Now, in terms of what the local branches receive, and they're always making losses at the local branches because they always need more than they actually yeah. get. But then all those big guns up in Auckland are always making, and the profit and the income and streams are insane. And there's lots of it. So most of it's not even from people. It's from like weird underground organisations and stuff that donations. just suddenly anonymous in. donations. You've got to you've got to look at the fine print. Like yeah. it's quite. There is a lot of dodge stuff going. Absolutely. On Do we know? Is how much of it is? Is there any donated to the church? Because oh, that's probably. often what, an issue. Church? Out of the profit, that can often be an issue. Is that they give too much to the church instead of what their no, actual well, mission is? No, well, a lot is. of it's just going in the pocket. What do you mean, so the church? Yeah, what do you, so right, when, when, you when it's like a, for example, like Catholic church. Kind of, well, if it was, if it was like Minis, the maybe the if it's Salvation, I think they're Anglican, aren't they? Mm. So. Like, for example, with religious schools, they'll they'll have money for the school, but there's also a certain amount that goes to the church. Mm. And it can depend on who's in charge, how much goes to which. Yeah. And that can often be quite a big factor. It doesn't work like that. My understanding That's why I'm asking, do we yeah. know if so the Salvation Army donate to the is, church as is well? That all of the money that the Salvation Army receives in terms of how they operate as a charitable mm. organisation for you know the homeless or whatever, um, is derived from the income streams that the church gets. Yeah, but that's all distributed and managed up in Auckland. Yeah. So, like, think about it like um, I, 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 most organisations have head offices, and all those head offices maintain all the monetary transactions. So they gather all the money from across yeah. the nation, and then they administer it based on percentages to each of those regional areas for them to operate for the year. Um, so it's not done where they make the, they do the income in a local area, and then they send some off to the church. Yeah. It's all of the money gets pulled up into one area and then redistributed amongst the regions on a proportional basis. But a lot of that money, most of the money that gets earned from the New Zealanders gets redistributed, but a lot of the, there's a lot of other money that gets funneled in there from yeah. other places like government and things like that, that. A lot of that doesn't really go elsewhere apart from... Yeah, so that's, I think that's what... So overall, I think the issue with the Salvation... Army is, I think, kind of covering what you were saying as well, Samantha, and then what you were saying, uh, and then kind of what Kate was mentioning about the whole, like, people needing help and not being able to get it is, so everyone get they get money through different revenue streams, it all goes to one place, mm -hmm. and then it's redistributed, and automatically, bam, a percentage of it suddenly disappears and doesn't actually get redistributed. Well, oh, I don't think it's like that. Yeah, I, I know, but like... <laughs> but that's more like a pyramid scheme. Like it sounds like. <laughs> and I don't think they're a pyramid... Well... It's not that it disappears, it's that... You said they were a pyramid scheme 10 years ago. No, no, I just said it was like a pyramid. Just no, you, zero, no, you, no, said, no, no, no. you said a pyramid scheme before. Did I say... I mean, not a, a monetary pyramid scheme, but more like head people. Ah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying, is that it goes to the top, mm -hmm. and then, as you were saying before... So it goes to the top where it's all in one place, and then it slowly makes its way down, and as you know, the paychecks roll out, yeah, it's just and it blah, blah 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 blah, and it goes down and down and down, and then yeah, it's trickle down economics. By the time that it's at the end, 
uh, and it's you know the money goes back to the shelters and stuff like that. They don't have as much as maybe they well they don't have as much as they need. You're saying they're running it they're running at a deficit, and what that means uh, is a it means stress on the um, volunteers, um, but b um, what I also think it is it also means that you know they're. I think another contributing factor is that there are some places where you get those people who come into management of those areas, and then their beliefs... Bad eggs. Yeah, you get bad eggs. But the issue is, what they do is they set it up so that it becomes very hard. To, it becomes systematic, and it becomes hard to get out of it. Because, you know, it's a lot harder to fix something than it is to break it. I think um, there's also another element that we're missing... And I know we briefly touched on this before as well, is that the influence of the church on how the mm. Salvation Army operates. But I think it has a lot more influence than we think it does here. We look at something like the LGBT uh, Q community and Q plus community, um, and I know that there's been a lot of complaints about the Salvation Army's attitude towards them. They, yeah. they do, they do mm. say that they support them, but you know, saying it's something a, is it's different a little, to actually... It's a know. little bit tricky because there's stories of... Um, LGBTQ plus people being kicked out of their home for just being themselves and then if say they want to get help somewhere perhaps if they were to go to their local Salvation Army shelter would they be accepted maybe then again it depends on the belief of the people there because Salvation Army as a corporate might want to save this beautiful image and say yeah we support LGBTQ plus um, Mm. people but then are the regional managers necessarily going to accept you? But that based would suggest that? that the Salvation Army isn't centralised. Well, but, and that's a good question because we, there's it? so much mystery with it. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so much mystery. It's very how centralised is it? Always. Is it just an income streams, or is it? All, is there like a nationwide policy and objectives and goals? So that I think there are because another big contributing factor to people getting kicked out is like when they go to a uh, a safe house or like a refuge area. Then what? Um, what they they have to sign? They have to agree to like terms, like safety terms, and it's like you can't do these certain things while you're in the safe house. And then, you know, those things include like lashing out. And if you get lashed out, you take out for thirty days. So you know, if you have you're people, breaking a contract. Mm. Oh, it's not. Yeah, you're 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 breaking oh, terms and conditions. Red light. <laughs> does that scary. mean that it's it's pudding time, guys? I think it does. Oh, yes. The Christmas tree's bright. Maybe lock the door. Maybe lock. Oh. Maybe, maybe lock the door. Why? I don't know. Just do it. It's just scary. Be murdered in Studio Three, ready. <laughs> if I'm going to die somewhere, it's going to be Studio Three. No, no, no. Okay, I'll lock the it. The light being turned off. <laughs> the Salvation Army is here. <laughs> <laughs> this is how they sense the media. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the Salvation Army. Is here for you. That went so wrong. Yep. Oh no! I Ed- started off with my. I had a tune in my head, and then we really. Every bad. episode, there's always Maccas from you. <laughs> Where did the tissues go? Uh, to Charlie. I'm sorry. Oh, I actually eight. need some as well, please. Um, yeah. So, because my, there's been a lot of chatter. Chatter about the Salvation Army's attitude towards people of the LGBTQ plus community, and I think that that brings a lot of attention to the fact is okay, religion is in, <laughs> in regional areas interfering 
or influencing the attitudes of individuals to people of the people that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. But at the same time, we've got to you know think about does that influence other areas of what the Salvation Army does with um, not necessarily maybe with the homeless, but you know in terms of maybe even race. Damn. <laughs> I mean, no, some, but it's some are still influenced by evangelical movements. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I have to agree. And I think um, that kind of links back um, to what Kate was saying, where you have people who are running, um, like, because obviously they put out on Twitter that, you know, they support it. But as you're saying, the people who are actually running it, and often the people who are volunteering, who come from the church, you can see they might hold these kind of views. Prejudices, yeah. And prejudices. And you don't and, know. And, yeah, the, the, the person running the Twitter account isn't going to be able to go to every single Salvation Army shelter and double-check that everyone, all their volunteers, are actually, you know, pro this and pro that and against that. Mm. And that's, gonna, that's going to I affect think, it. The, I think this is where there's a potential obstacle with the religion, with being, you know, the religion being so closely associated to the corporation and the charity. Is the fact that so many people are influenced by the, what they interpret rel- their religion yes. and mean, and you know, influence their values and their actions. That what it does is by associating it so closely to the churches, it does result in a lot of those prejudices on such a yeah. you know quite a colossal scale. If we're being honest, there's a lot of chatter and um, I mean claims and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean prejudices. That was the that was the scandal in New Zealand. Like I I. I I never knew about it. Did any of you know about that? No. I did, but that's because I'm that type of person to go looking for that. <laughs> yeah. I did, but that's because I'm a vigilante. <laughs> exactly. I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, kicking people out for not, like, it, it becomes clear that it does happen. Um, and I think it does raise a good question is, is it a good thing? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, just thinking about it from an outside point of view, if you are, say, atheist, or you, which majority of um, New Zealanders are, uh, a large percentage, um, I, it would, I could imagine that, and when you have such a big force that people, a lot of donations go to it, it could be alienating, having such a close tie to the church when you go to a shelter, well, especially if you that, need to go it's there. It's almost like a, the same argument about separating the church from the state, is that Often having a church associated to another organisation that's about is supposed to be impartial. Mm. It's so interesting because that often has such a big impact on those who run that that in fact it becomes not impartial because often religion people's you know interpretation of what religion means for them mm. and what the you know certain texts mean for them and what the yeah. ideas of Christianity because it's all mean it's for all them. interpretive it, exactly and that's the thing is that for each of those volunteers they're all going to have different interpretations of what Christianity mm. means to them and it's also again that case of whoever's in charge because for some of them they might be like no 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 this should be impartial and other ones are like no 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 this should support the church it's boys, the church's so organisation so mm. it just for depends example, the American, you know, the most a lot of American churches, you have some that are really hardcore anti-LGBTQ plus communities, yep. and then some that are totally for it yeah. and supportive. But and then again, you don't in. know if you're going to go to that shelter. You don't know whether you're going to be faced with that abuse, whether you're going to be there, well, and, the and they're going to say, like why were you kicked out? That's not to say that if you had an organization run by the state or one that was, you know, 
separated from a church would be any different. Perfect. But it also yeah, then it's a net barrier for people. But, then but it has thing. such a big It doesn't big matter, because that could be exactly the same with a shelter that isn't run by the Salvation Army, because you could get someone who's against that anyway, or just but yeah, a bit but of the, a deal. But the likelihood of it being... Because, I think the likelihood because of the Salvation Army is so associated with the church, and the fact that the church, so many of their volunteers are associated mm. with the church, yeah, does they, have they a higher risk factor of that. Yeah, traditionally, being, yeah, 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 but they are trying to move away, but you just... But it's exactly you can't. the same. I mean, if you look at religious versus voting, mm-hmm. if we're going to look on, or, or even if we're going to use votes to determine ideology, and you look at where religion, often Christian religion, voters sit on the um, the scale of um, ideological scale. Sorry, I'm very tired. Five, five <laughs> hours worth of sleep. We can see that a lot of religious people are very conservative. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to take that assumption, well, then a organisation that's being run by a church that has such a high amount of members and a lot of their it's volunteers arrive in there's a lot of members in that church. Well, we can probably safely assume that many of them would have more conservative views than liberal views. Yeah. Um, even some of the, if we're going to talk about age, some of the older ones who have already got predetermined... That, that is the thing. A lot of the volunteers mm. are older. Out, yep. Yeah. And um, it doesn't really encapsulate... are just the statistics. Yeah. But this is the thing, is that I think that there would be still the same amount of risks about having it not associated to the church, but I think there's a lot of... I, 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 think, I, think, I think there's a lot of predetermined risks, but also I think that you could have... If you were presented with both those mm. options, I think one that didn't have such an association with the church would probably be a much more impartial yeah. organisation that could be monitored. Yeah, I think... Overall, the two biggest because it's quite shady. But then, but then again, that could be taken over and become a, a, an organisation just focused on profit and not bothered with. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, so there, there yeah. is a risk with it. I, but I, I think, think the two biggest factors that are affecting it is a the fact that it's a non-profit trying to profit, and b the fact that it's related to the church. Mm. Mm. I think those two things have kind of combined together and have created a situation where in cases... But also I think the third thing there is it's dominated the market. Yeah, actually, yeah, absolutely. It's almost got a monopoly. It literally pretty much has. Mm. In terms of all of the things that, you know, the social justice things, you know, the first thing you think of when you're thinking, God, someone, that you know, this poor person needs some food and they need to go to food. Go to the Sally's. Go to the Sally's. Or, you know, this person, God, they need somewhere to sleep tonight. Mm. You know, we need to, you know, sort something out for them. Salvation Army. Yeah. You know, this is this is the thing, is that it's become so embedded in our culture, is that we think the Sallies are great. And most of them are. Absolutely. Most, most of the volunteers are. are, they do fantastic work. But we, there we have some to give them issues. Credit, yeah. Absolutely. And we're not saying that the Salvation Army, everyone in the Salvation Army and those who identify with the church are just yeah. awful people. What we're saying is that there is elements of systematic prejudices mm. that have resulted in many claims and, going and under. And some of them are unconscious prejudices mm. as well. And that can derive from the fact that it. it's a non-profit making profit and the fact that it has such close ties to its church. Mm. And a lot of the work, when you talk to a um, Sally's volunteer, and you know, I've talked to many Sally's volunteers because I've done some work with them in the past, mm. and many of them talk about that their mission, you know, and what they do in their social it's, justice is to, you know, is about doing a duty to God. And that's yeah, well, the thing even the with the word mission. Mm. Um, is that is... Mission winery? No, I was thinking it's quite religiously monotated, is instead of if it was maybe not... Like, you can still, yeah, it would usually be our goal. Mm. Like, mission is still used, but it's it's that thing of, like... It's almost got... It's got a little bit of that religious flair to it. It does, because because missionaries on a mission, the mission sisters, things like that. So... 
Now, we better wrap this up. I, I just want to like... Closing words? Yeah, quickly pick up on that and just say, um, you could almost see how a lot of people, when they're volunteering, are like, oh, I really want to help these people. But when you're related to the church, sometimes helping people means, you know, oh, helping them to find God. Mm, and stuff like that's that. another and that's again, issue. Good it's point. all about who's running it. What mm. is the goal? and that relates back to those claims about having to convert to Christianity yeah. in order to receive help? Because like you know, maybe from and the volunteers' perspective, that's that what they need. Barriers, mm. barriers to what should be an un you know unprejudiced you know non. But then I've again, just the but, I've just lost the but speak. then again, it's not always <laughs> them just trying to convert someone because mm. they think that. But for some of them, that it is that that is your salvation. If you yeah. have God. Oh. It will help you. They, they often say he's not there to take away your problems. He's there to stand by you as you go through them. So for them, they may have experienced having that faith to fall back on has helped them gain yeah. the strength to move but forward. So they, for that's what I'm and saying. That's the, is, that's the thing. But it's not always like, oh, you must do this because this is our positive. They're, they're genuinely trying to help. And it's that clash of understanding and beliefs that is An that barrier. Way, you know? mm. I think it's very interesting that our... Most of our social justice organisations are market-dominated by an organisation so closely related to religiosity. But then again, they all all used to be. They all used to be very religious. It sounds like a very messy web. But I'm meaning more in a modern-day sense. Yeah, no. You don't see this a lot in other countries. Um, Mm. I mean, some countries do have similar circumstances, but most countries probably do not. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, we must wrap this up. Thank you very much for joining um, our Christmas episode of this. Yes, uh, we've had a feast. We've, we've had, had a feast. We're very, very I've got a new Ferrari that I'm donating to the Zellies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's their colour. It is. Oh, no, it's yellow. Color. I was thinking it was yeah. red. No. Wrong. It's a company. They Thank you very much, of course, to Radio Kidnappers. We're going to be taking a break over the Christmas period, and mm. we will probably be seeing you maybe in January, maybe not. Depends on who's free. Um, and then if maybe not in January we'll keep you posted on our Instagram what we're going to be doing next year we mm-hmm. might be restarting this as a season 2 or maybe not alright thank you for listening yes it's thank you of course we'll do a proper thank you episode yeah. I think, um, if we don't end up doing it next year thank mm. you very much listeners kia ora kia ora This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.